This is an announcement. The following transmission may contain mature content and language. The information provided within, while researched, is from non-experts. Listener discretion is advised. Well, just what is your business? Monsters. Monsters? Towels out there, all you monsters. <laughs> Welcome to the Outer Limits, the show dedicated Ish. to weird true crime and paranormal occurrences. <laughs> that one got you. I finally broke you. Oh, no. Uh, it's because it's, it's so near and dear to my heart. I know. You love that. I, I love Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> it is so amazing. <laughs> but uh yeah this is our 20th episode yep uh which we're titling don't panic all about hitchhikers yeah and i'm z and i'm ty and to this time around we have cam greetings yay cam making a comeback indeed he's cam back <laughs> he's cam back <laughs> cam back mm-hmm. that's a thing yeah deal with it <laughs> What if I don't want to? I mean, tough titties. <laughs> tough titties. I can't argue with your logic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, for you guys, so you know, this is going to be our last episode of the season. Yes, of the season. I'm sure you all had a very minor heart attack for a <laughs> split second. He said last episode, but it's not the last episode forever, just for the season. I know that's kind of coming out of nowhere, but we are hitting our 20th episode. We thought this would be a really good time for us to take like a little bit of a mini break. Yes. That way we can kind of collect ourselves. I can work a little bit more on the animation portion of things. I Mm -hmm. can also get settled in because I just got back into the States. Yes. She is here in the flesh. I know for the first time in months and months and months. (laughs) (laughs) But I just got set up with new jobs and all that. So it's Mm -hmm. a lot of work and Ty, I know needs a, a break from Stressing out over trying to get recordings out on time. (laughs) (laughs) Audition is the devil. (laughs) Yeah. In software form. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Satan. But yeah, so this is going to be our last episode of the season. Mm -hmm. We are not stopping. We're just having a pause. Yes. So we'll be back shortly after our short mini vacation and we'll have another episode for you guys. Keep an eye out on social media. We'll update. Everybody mm-hmm. on when we're going to be coming out with new episodes. Mm-hmm. But we thought we would end this particular season how we began. And that's, you know, with a comeback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the Dio Rainbow has come full circle. <laughs> He's back again. Cam is back. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Oh, sorry. Mm. <laughs> I right. feel so special. Yeah. So how are you today, Cam? I am well. You're how well? You? I am well as well. Everybody's well. Yeah, yeah. Ty, are you well? As well as well, yeah. Hmm, well, I don't think I have any water in me, so I can't say I'm well. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible joke. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Oh, I couldn't help it. Oh, <laughs> the man. joke is right there. I walked right into it. <laughs> yeah. I like mean, you are door. technically like what, like 76% water? Mm, depends on how you actually do it. And now, yeah, it was the well of information. Yeah. <laughs> See, because here's the thing. Like, that's actually kind of a misnomer. Yes, we have 70%. 76% of our molecules are composed of dihydrogen monoxide, but it's combined with many other things into a full mixture. So I'm, are we really, truly water? No. 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 So basically that one movie I saw where the mermaid that could control water, like sapped all of the water out of a human body is probably not accurate. Okay. You started it out with the mermaid. Yeah. So I'm guessing no. <laughs> is, just that where, from, is that where I lost you? <laughs> just from that alone, it, it's just a no, no, it's probably not accurate then. <laughs> that movie was crazy, by the way. And it was like a kid's movie. And I was like, she just killed that dude. <laughs> like, she literally sucked all of the water out of his body. That, and that, he died. <laughs> that's not how he wanted to be sucked. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah. Uh. Gross. <laughs> she was like 12 stop oh 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 i did not you should you should have started with that <laughs> oh from now on when i make references you're gonna be like okay how old were they <laughs> all right i need some id this is almost as bad as the the tames <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the boy in the t- oh, oh yeah. 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 yeah i still feel bad about that joke uh, it was a good joke, though. It was a good joke. It was. But oh, in context. If you have not heard that episode, go back and listen to our, our voodoo, voodoo episode. episode, and you will, you'll know immediately what joke we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's actually get into this. Like we said earlier, this episode is all about hitchhikers. Mm-hmm. And our title is obviously Don't Panic, an obvious reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, which is a favorite around here. I like that shit. I do like that shit. Now, okay, here's something that I just want to throw in. It's a little bit of information about hitchhikers to kind of explain 42 to everybody. Why it is the answer to life, the universe, everything. So here's the thing. Douglas Adams was an avid computer programmer back in the day when he was writing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That dude just did everything. Yeah, but (laughs) that's why everything was computer-based in Hitchhikers. Mm -hmm. So... And here's the thing is that he was basically programming in what's the language known as a SCSI, which is a really old language. But in order for like to actually program something out, like you actually had to like on the keyboard, you had to each one was like a number that represented to it. So like a was one and then so on and so forth. And you got into your characters. Now, 42 is representative of the asterisk. Now, if any of you are familiar with Boolean searches, you'll understand that an asterisk means anything and everything. Hmm. That's so kind of cool. The, yeah. The answer 42 is actually anything and everything. The more you know. That is that is the answer huh. to what is like what is the meaning to life, every the universe and everything is anything and everything. That's cool. I never knew that. I always kind of wondered why he picked 42. I- yeah, me too. That, there I, you I are. always thought it was just random. No. It just sounds uh-huh. funny. 42. You think Douglas Adams, who had an entire dictionary about hitchhiking, and like that's all the references to why everything exists in his universe, wouldn't have an answer? <laughs> he did like literally write the entirety of that series on the fly. He didn't plan anything. True. <laughs> so. But. It could have just been a bit of whimsy. You never know. <laughs> But no, like that, that's the reason why 42 
is the answer. Neat. Very cool. So Good now you all know. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found that fascinating when I found out. I didn't find this out until like four years ago. And like I've been reading, like I started reading my trackers when I was like 12. So... I think the last time I read it, I was still. Yeah. It's been a while. It, it, it was a good few decades before I realized what it was. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we now actually get into the episode, I suppose. Did you just like Bonk. hit that on your face? <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a lie. For those of you out there that don't know. Life is pain. Because you can't <laughs> see this. Ty just basically got like cock slapped in the face with his own mic. <laughs> Well, <laughs> there, there's a there's a reference in there. I'll I'll leave it to you to pick up <laughs> off the ground oh, tripod style. God, this is terrible. Anyway, <laughs> why don't you actually go through and give us some background and history and stats on hitchhikers? I'm gonna just glaze over this, even though I started it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's get into my section here for you guys. All right. So when it comes to hitchhiking, I found some really cool statistics and information out there. I want to pull this for you guys straight from the Crime Statistic California study of 1974. It is a little dated, but you have to understand trying to get actual data on hitchhikers kind of hard. I kind of think, I mean, there's not a whole lot of hitchhiking that happens now. I know like I don't know about you guys, but I've never gone hitchhiking before. That's because we live in the United States. I'll get there. That's fair. But but I mean, it was a lot more common in like the 70s. Yes. You know, it was like a thing that everyone did Mm -hmm. back in the day, but not so much our millennial generation. (laughs) I have actually caught a ride with a stranger. Uh, I mean, my mom's. Well, I was with my mom and my sister and car broke down. Yeah, I guess I have taken a ride from a stranger before when my car broke down. I had a very nice man that drove me. That looked like ZZ Top that drove me. To- wait, wait, was that when you broke down on I-25? Yeah. Uh-huh. And he drove okay. me to get gas. This was hilarious because I was driving down the same highway that she broke down on uh-huh. the same day. Mm-hmm. I drove by her car and I looked at it. I was like, that looks like Z's car. Huh. And as I got through and I, I was met, talking to her later, I was like, did you break down on I-25? And she's like. Yeah, I totally passed your car. <laughs> you did. And instead, ZZ Top picked me up and took me to a gas station. Mm-hmm. That was that day I helped you move, wasn't it? No, that's no. a different time. I break down a lot. I <laughs> notoriously have bad luck with cars. So, yeah. And to be fair, she's not just talking about cars. I have just generally bad luck, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, you break down a lot. I do not. (laughs) Goddamn woman. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, There it is. I don't cry. There's just a lot of onions in the room. (laughs) So back into the California study. I'm just there is no winning that argument. So I'm just not going to start it. (laughs) So here's some of the stats for you guys. So this is the on the crime statistics involving hitchhikers. Okay. So hitchhikers were involved in an estimated 0.26% of the accidents and 0.63% of the crimes in California during the study period. Less than 1% for hitchhikers. So pretty low. Really low. Hitchhikers were involved in an estimated 397 accidents during the six-month study period, of which 61 were reported as a part of the study. So really, like we're talking about California... In the 70s. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot of people there. So, yeah. Uh, a lot less safety regulation, too. Very, yeah. 
people didn't wear seatbelts. They weren't mandatory. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they literally. <laughs> you could drink those- and drive to a degree. Yeah. No, actually, you could. Yeah. Like, yeah, as long as there was no an accident. Oh, no open container laws either. You yeah. can just crack a beer open in while you're driving down the road. Yeah. It was, that was very true. That those just, were the good old that days. That completely reminded <laughs> me because uh, Tony the other day yeah. texted yeah. me. Well, because I had texted him because I had this crazy driver that was behind me that decided it was a good idea to try to go into the like oncoming traffic lane to get around me so that he didn't miss a red light and then he caught the red light anyway. So it was pretty satisfying karma wise on my end. But I was texting Tony <laughs> about it and he messaged me back. He goes, you know, I love stuff like that. Things have been just like not nearly as entertaining since they decided to actually make it illegal to drink and drive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, son of a bitch. <laughs> that's a good thing, people. Yes, Don't drink and drive. Good, do not drink and drive ever. It was just a funny anecdote. Yeah. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> All right. So back into the stats. So there were an estimated 2,828 reported major crimes involving hitchhikers during the study period, of which 435 were reported as a part of the study. Okay. So hitchhikers were more likely to be victims, 71.7%, than perpetrators. 28.3% of major so crimes. So the whole thing about... Picking like, up the murderer? Yeah, picking up a murderer. It's like more likely that the person... Be, like Picking the, up the hitchhiker is the murderer. Is the murderer. Oh, okay. Oh, it gets worse than that. Hitchhiker characteristics were fairly consistent, whether they were victims of crimes, involved in accidents, or suspects of crimes. The average age was about 21, with females around 19 years old, and males around 22 years old. And between 9% and 12% of all hitchhikers were female. Hmm. I can probably see that. Yeah. Yeah. At least in the 70s, I feel like there was a lot of female hitchhikers. Considering that they were only 9 to 12% of hitchhikers. It was basically, you know, 88% male. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So there were 88% male and then 12%, 12 9 to 12% female. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. All right. But here's... Where it gets dark, guys. Female hitchhikers were seven to ten times more likely to be victims of crimes than males. I believe it. Mm-hmm. And that's why there were less female hitchhikers. Yeah, because about 80% of the crimes against female hitchhikers were sex-related. Mm-hmm. Yep, that sounds great. Yeah, let's, let's get dark. <clears throat> so, but here's an, another interesting stat from this report. Very few sex crimes were perpetrated by hitchhikers. So all around, just the people that were actually doing the hitchhiking were the trustworthy well and regular it, people <laughs> it, it's kind of like the same statistic of mentally ill people any of the mental illnesses are typically the victims of crime not the perpetrators regardless but, what hollywood yeah, tries to tell say, you but like media and hollywood kind of demonizes it and so we just automatically assume that the mm-hmm. person hitchhiking or the person that has a diagnosed mental illness is the one that's going to be doing something terrible but in reality, they're more likely to be the victim. It's because mm-hmm. it makes for a better story in the reverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when it becomes a trope. And unfortunately, it has. Yeah. It has. Yeah, yeah it really has. Right. So uh, the other party involved in hitchhiker related crime was the motor vehicle driver in 95% of the cases. So whoever was driving was 95% of the time the perpetrator of the crime. That sounds right from all of the stories that you get of, you know, serial killers and stuff mm-hmm. like that of picking up hitchhikers. It's it's probably because as the hitchhiker, you're placing your trust in someone and somebody can see that as vulnerability uh, and it would attract that 
you know, that kind of person. Like, oh, this person needs help. So they're in the position of power because they're the ones giving them. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And so here's the other interesting thing is the average age of the other party involved with hitchhikers and crimes and accidents was 28 years. So they were older. Yes. Position of power. Mm-hmm. I would, man, I guess I always assume that the perpetrators would be even older than that, though. Yeah, you like would think. In, like they would be in their 30s. 30s, something 40s, like something like that. Yeah. Like middle aged or approaching middle age. Mm-hmm. As opposed to someone that's 28. Yeah. But huh. to be fair, that's the average statistic. Uh, that's, I guess that's fair. So that is the mean of the ages. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have like the like 16 to 20 year olds are, are kind of going crazy on the road because they're teenagers and. Yeah, you know, we don't pay attention when we're teenager dead. Our parents never mind the road. Uh, <clears throat> speaking from uh, <clears throat> experience. Yeah, that thing. So, <laughs> yeah. So having that in mind. So like you have those young, young drivers who get into accidents. But then you have like the older, like maybe more serious sex crimes, or something from like somebody 30 to 40. And it averages out to a mean of 28. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just to bear that in mind. So, it, so those were some of the stats that I found from the study. Super interesting. I mean, some of them were pretty surprising. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe some of them. I was like, really? Wow. I have some stereotypes in my head I need to get rid it's of. That's one thing that I really noticed about this podcast is that it kind of challenges what you have in your head as a stereotype or as a trope. Right. You're like thinking about it. You're like, oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even realize that I had that specific thing in mind of what I would assume would be like the perpetrator or the problem. But it's something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing truth to people. Yes. Um, the one thing I noticed in my research is that most of the stories are the person was hitchhiking and had something happen to them because of it. Yeah. yeah. Which the stats support. Yeah. So, right here. Yeah. Yeah. Black uh, and white. I even came across a uh, a story that claimed that somebody hitchhiked. They're about 16 years old. The guy picked him up and then immediately did a U-turn. And when he was like, what are, you know, what's going on? He just kind of puts his hand on his leg and says, you're coming with me now. And once the they hit a spot of traffic and the kid bolted. Yeah. And it turned out that the guy that picked him up was John Wayne Gacy. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, Dang, that's a close call. Yeah. Get the hell out of the Dodge. I was going to cover that one, but I couldn't find any kind of like, collaboration. Yeah. Any of that. It's yeah. just a, an anecdote. Yeah. I feel like I, I had, I had a lot of trouble trying to find stuff that had like a lot of backing information Mm -hmm. like news articles and stuff like that it was kind of actually kind of hard to find unless it was something like prolific like a serial killer right and then in which case there's tons of media coverage but yeah okay so i wanted to go over some laws with you guys on hitchhiking okay around the world kind of laws but uh so a minority of countries have laws that restrict hitchhiking in certain locations actually in the minority so the United States, some local governments have laws outlying hitchhiking on the basis of drivers and hitchhikers safety is their justification. Mm-hmm. That's always the justification. Yeah. yeah always. For the safety of people. We got to put warnings on everything for the safety of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Lawn darts are illegal. Uh, <clears throat> but they're yes, they so should. much fun. <laughs> they really should be, though, because it's literally just like a javelin. It of- is. A, it's a javelin. <laughs> Lots of pain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, one case in 1946, like New Jersey arrested and imprisoned a hitchhiker leading to intervention by the ACLU. Yeah. But that was back in 1946. But he was later acquitted of charges because it was deemed that it shouldn't have been illegal because it infringed upon his. His freedom of movement. Yeah. On his basic freedoms. Yeah. 
That's why the ACLU stepped in. Which makes sense. Yeah. 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 Travel is a right. It doesn't specify how to travel. Oh, yeah. 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 But this was also in, in 1946, it was also the push of like the backlash from prohibition. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to think of other ways to get rid of the undesirable vagrants and That's minorities. That's came out with jaywalking laws. Yep. And yeah, like uh, sleeping in public kind of thing. Yep. The vagrancy laws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So in Canada, several highways have restrictions on hitchhiking, particularly in British Columbia and the 400 series of highways in Ontario. And largely it is like you can't hitchhike on a place where there is no place for pedestrians to walk. Like the interstates. Right. In yeah. the interstate, like the interstates in the US. So there the has US. to be like a sidewalk. Like a, yeah, a, a designated place for pedestrians. Oh, okay. And that, that's true in a lot of places in the United States, too. But it's largely like it's it's one of those it's on the books, but nobody enforces mm-hmm. in all countries in Europe. It is legal to hitchhike and in some places even encouraged cuts down on emission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are just some quick laws on hitchhiking that I could find. Kind of. They're all, they all seem kind of vague. Yeah. Because it's really hard to pin down because are you technically hitchhiking when your car breaks down or runs out of gas and you need to get like to the next place and somebody picks you up? Is that technically hitchhiking or is that helping out a person? So like the line gets so vague that it's really hard to kind of kind of blurry. Yeah, it's that's why making it illegal is kind of a gray area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and really kind of stupid to try and like crack down on it. it you're yeah cracking down on an idea. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, real quickly, some signals used by hitchhikers. So obviously there are various signals all around the world that people use to say, "Hey, I need a ride." But in some African countries. The hitchhiker's hand is held with the palm face facing upward. That's their signal for, hey, give me a lift. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I like, lift me up. Like yeah. hailing a taxi. Yeah, literally, like, just raise the roof, kind of. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need a ride. Like, <laughs> give me a lift. <laughs> yeah, I thought that one was fun. So, but obviously in most most of Europe, North America, UK, most hitchhikers signal with their back facing the direction of travel and extends their arm towards the road with a thumb pointing in the direction that they want to travel. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the standard. Universal. Yeah, that, that's the universal code for give me a left. Going my way? Yeah, going my way. Also, I found that in Australia, and if you Australian listeners use the thumb, let me know so I can be correct. But according to what I found is that it's more common to use the index finger to point at the road rather than your thumb. I've seen people do that here. It's kind of point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, I guess like because you do that signal, you just point and like stick your hand out. Or when you signal a bus. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's kind of similar. Yeah. So then also during the Vietnam era, when there was actually quite a bit of hitchhiking going on, you know, people like a lot of soldiers on bases and getting moved back and forth, the drivers developed a signal for the hitchhikers that they could mm-hmm. indicate, which was something I didn't know existed. Yeah, I didn't either. But apparently, so if the driver's destination was located nearby and of little use, obviously, like the hitchhiker's usually trying to go somewhere farther away than, you know, two blocks down the street. Right. The driver would point at the ground for a few seconds, like, I'm here, like this Uh, is local. And then another signal that they would use is they would tap on the hood of their car to say that they're full. Like, Mm -hmm. I have no space. Yeah. I've seen taxi drivers. Yeah. They're like, I'm, I'm loaded. Like yeah. I'm like, I have a fare or yeah. So that that's was developed by hitchhiker and the hitchhiking community to say, Hey, I'm here or I got no space, man. Right. Like I would pick you up, but I'm full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no space for you to ride. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. I didn't know that. 
Me either. This was a fun topic to research. <laughs> I just like literally in my mind's eye saw your eyes light up when I was like, what about hitchhikers? You were like, yes. yes! <laughs> I gotta do. I gotta do facts and figures. Because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Actually. Well, actually. Well, actually. (laughs) So, okay. I wanted to also go into kind of hitchhiking around the world. So we're not U.S. centric on this podcast. Try not. (laughs) We're not, we're not, we're not imperialistic here on this show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. United States imperialism. That's another topic for another day. So talking about in Cuba was a really fascinating one was... Picking up hitchhikers is mandatory for government vehicles. Oh, so they have well, to. Yeah, because yeah, well, because if if the passenger space is available, because there are very few cars in Cuba, private cars. Huh. No, just and, in general. Right. It's it's also harder for you to like to own. Plus, they don't import, so the ones that do exist are like. Yeah. Huh, I didn't yeah, know so, that. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and they're also hitchhikers use designated spots, and drivers pick up waiting riders on a first come first serve basis. Bus stop. Yeah, it's basically their bus stop. Just so it's all hitchhiking. Waiting around for the next government vehicle. Or tap tap. Person. Because, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's it's required for government vehicles. If you have a private vehicle, you could, most people would still do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Because that's a part of the Cuban culture. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, oh, if you're not an asshole, then you'll probably <laughs> stop and pick somebody up that's waiting. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And contrary to what you see in movies, Cuban culture is actually very inviting and welcoming mm-hmm. and rather like it's like a really close knit community and everybody mm-hmm. helps each other and really, I don't know, communist. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't help that one. Cough. <laughs> cough, cough. Okay. In Israel, hitchhiking is commonplace at designated locations. And I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try it anyway at locations called Trippadias. And so that's derived from German Trumpen, I guess. Yeah. For you etymology nerds out there like me. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> But uh, travelers soliciting rides are called trempis and will wait at uh, trempayas, trempay, trempayadas, trempayadas. I have no basis to know if you're saying this correct or not. I so apologize I'm just going to, nod and smile. to all of you Hebrew speakers out there. <laughs> I do. I apologize. And please don't flame me as hard as I think you're going to. Anyways, but uh, they're typically at junctions of highways or main roads outside the city. Okay. Oh. And moving on around the world, we have Nepal. So in Nepal, hitchhiking is also very common in rural areas because many don't own cars. And hitchhiking is a common practice, especially in and around villages. Like lots of like farming trucks that will pick people up so they can get to the next village without having to walk. The whole way. Hop on kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. in the cabbage. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> my cabbages. My cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it started something. You did. Dang it. <laughs> Last Airbender, great series. Check it out. Yeah. Don't watch the movie, though. What movie? <laughs> movie there is no exist. movie. No. Error 404, file not found. It's an abomination. <laughs> Error 404, file not found. All I remember from that is the, the silence as we drove home. Okay. And that, we, we, that we, brought, we brought it up. Okay, I, I have to tell the story. So Z and I watched this movie together. Okay. Opening night. Yeah, we were stoked too because well, we love the anime. Yeah, I had finally gotten her to agree to watch Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. And so like we had just finished the whole series and we just realized that the the movie was coming out. So we were all pumped for it. 
And so we were out there opening night. We're all excited. We're going. We go the 3D version, everything. Yeah, we went all out. And we are just sitting there in popcorn, all of it. <laughs> yeah, we went full on for this night. And we're we're watching this thing. And like the entire, it was actually a full movie theater because it was first, like probably the second showing that day. And so ever nobody had time had to warn people. Yet. Like we heard, like some people did try to warn us when we were going in. Yeah. They're like, true. but of course you're like, screw them. They don't know what they're talking about. But at the same time, I understand why they had a hard time warning us because of our reaction and our entire audience's reaction. Yeah, actually, because at the end of that movie, all of us in the theater just Dead silent. Credits started, dead silence. And we just slowly walked out like a funeral procession. Yep. Like, like no one said anything. It was really it was weird. Like, it was we eerie just, silent. No one was just talking, nothing. Disappointment. No. Yeah. Not even, it, it, just we were shock, all, really. We were all like, I swear, looking around, everybody looked like they had just come out of a, like, fugue state. <laughs> uh, like, funeral. Uh, catastrophe. Like, <laughs> Like something bad had just happened. Like we were all like, we had like the dead eyes sunken, like no reality check. All of us looked like the photos wow. from Warzone children that you see. That's what our faces look like. I believe it. And yeah. so like, we were just silent as we walked out of this movie theater and we like just silence. Like we couldn't say anything. Yeah. And so like, I could understand why nobody warned us because they were just in such utter shock of the shit storm that they had just saw. Yeah. We drove home in, si- in complete silence. Absolute like- silence. <laughs> in, in fear of bringing up something else, I probably feel like that's how everybody walked out of the Aragon movie when it. I didn't aired. actually watch that movie because I heard it was really bad. So yeah. But yeah, I made no, a so- mistake reading the books first. Oh, but no. here's, okay. But here's the thing we got home in silence. We haven't said a word since the movie started. Now, we are very talkative people. We are. Well, yes. Yeah. If you can't tell yeah. the fact that we have a podcast. We have a podcast where we just <laughs> talk the whole time and you hear the sound of our voice. But yeah, so we're just complete silence for three hours. Like we get home, we sit on the couch in complete silence for about 30 minutes before we could even say something. And I believe the first thing that we said was, what the fuck? And that's actually what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and then we both went on like a huge tirated rant. Yeah, it was, it was already like 12 o'clock. We both actually had things we had to do in the morning, but we spent the next two hours just talking about how shitty that thing was. Uh, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, that was an experience and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's a good side note. Anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> <Speaking> back. <laughs> yeah, uh, tangent tangents called. Um, all right. So in the Netherlands. That's where I was. Yes, the Netherlands. Uh, hitchhiking is called liften and is legal in the Netherlands. I like and lift. Uh, there are signs that actually indicate a good place to get a lift. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> so it's legal and official signs indicate where one may wait for a ride. The designated hitchhiking locations are called uh, lifterschalte or liftplatz in Dutch, and they are particularly common in university towns. Makes sense for the broke college kids. Yeah. And all the, you know, study abroad students that are trying to backpack across. Yeah. <laughs> or just, you know, people backpacking through Europe and take some notes. Yeah. And so in Poland, hitchhiking has a long history and is still pretty popular. It was legalized and formalized in 1957 so hitchhikers could buy booklets, including coupons from travel agencies. Oh, cool. Hmm. Convenient. Uh-huh. These coupons were given to drivers who took hitchhikers. So by the end of each season, drivers who collected the highest number of coupons 
could exchange them for prizes, and others took part in a lottery. This so-called Akja Autostop was popular until the end of the 1970s, but the sale of the booklet was discontinued in 1995. I was getting cool. I just like like catching rides, collecting coupons. It, yep. Great. You could, I mean, and now we have Uber, but yeah. you could, I could see that being like an app. You get rewards for picking somebody up at their destination. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. So uh, if any of you need an idea for a startup, <laughs> taxi coupons. <laughs> taxi coupons. So uh, going over to across the channel to Ireland, hitchhiking in Ireland is legal unless it takes place on motorways. A backpacker will most likely get still get a lift if the car has enough space to park. So local police usually let backpackers get away with a verbal warning. Okay. Like, stop doing that. Stop. Like, hey. All right. Now, you know it's illegal. So <laughs> stop. Stop right now. <laughs> I just, I kind of hope that they kind of, they carry around just a little squirt bottle and just like walk up. Stab it. And then leave. No. They're not cats. No. Okay, so, but in the U.S., hitchhiking is legal in 44 of the 50 states, provided that the hitchhiker is not standing on the roadway or otherwise hindering the normal flow of traffic. Which is fair. Yeah. Yep. But that also means that it is illegal in six states. Do you have those states? I do not. Fair enough. Because I really didn't care. (laughs) Can't say that I'm like, again, it's one of those, even if it is illegal, it's not really enforceable. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't control what happens mm-hmm. at all times. Because you could be like, yeah, you saw that broken car up there on the road. Yeah, that was mine. I'm walking. Like, so there's, yeah. he's just a good Samaritan who's giving me a ride to the next stop. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's not really enforceable and there's no, just, there's no probable cause enough for an officer to issue a ticket. So. Unless they witnessed it happen. And even then, even how can you prove that it was? How can you prove that it wasn't like an emergency situation or yeah. a good Samaritan? Like it's just, it's unenforceable. There's no way to legally process process the case right Mm -hmm. fair enough okay so to end my little segment for you guys i wanted to give you some recommendations for hitchhiking Ooh, Mm -hmm. take notes asking for rides at gas stations instead of signaling on the roadside is a better bet that's safer a lot safer and less illegal in most places. So you just like lean into a truck driver's window. Hey, a sailor, can you give me a ride? Well, it's more like, <laughs> it's kind of, I, I wouldn't phrase it that way. <laughs> I really wouldn't phrase it that way. A lot of my not, friends. Not to a trucker. No. Like I, I have a lot of friends who have their CDLs and their long haulers. Mm-mm, no. Like, That's a good way it. to lose your teeth. Unless, of course, he's actually in a sailor suit, because I've seen some long haulers that do some weird things. True. <laughs> it is a long drive, and you are very bored. Well, that's oh, fair. If you've ever listened to the CB radio chatter, oh, it is God. hilarious. It is. <laughs> Especially at night. Oh, yeah. Although that has changed since they passed all the laws to limit hours drivers can drive. Fair enough. I know guys that drive solely at night. But, yeah, I mean, there are night drivers, but like because they limited the amount of time mm-hmm. that a driver can actually drive like be mm-hmm. on the road that. So, yeah, they like they actually will get a fine if they get there too early because they know that they've driven longer than they should have. Right. Um, I know some guys whose trucks will completely shut down. Yep. Middle of the highway. Just. Yep. You have 30 seconds to pull over. Yep. Shit. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I suppose it's not that far fetched. I mean, my car company has like a button that they control that if I don't pay my car payment, they can turn my car off and I can't start it. So yeah, it makes sense <laughs> that they could do that to a truck as well. Interesting. That's not that hard to bypass. But anyways, <clears throat> anyways, uh, so 
Refusing rides from impaired drivers. Of course. Don't do that. Bad times had by all. <laughs> yeah. And hitchhike during daylight hours. Yeah. Less. Much safer. Yeah. Creepy people tend to be out at night. Yeah. No, the, none of that, you know, the 3 a.m. Walmart crowd that is ugh. driving around. <laughs> oh, oh, there's an image. <laughs> but also the fact that the crazies that do come out in broad daylight, you wouldn't get away from anyway. Right. Because they're the smart ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the another note is to trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. If Thank you're getting you. bad, bad vibes, then don't trust take it. the ride. Walk away. Like he's like, I they exist for a reason. Like, is that a machete? I'll wait for the next guy. Yeah. There's like there's so many of the stories that I read today that it was like if a person had just trusted their initial instincts, no, they wouldn't have happened. Right. Kind of thing. A lot of the stories I read today were people trusting their instincts. And running away. And running away. Mm. And actually getting out of a bad situation. Yeah. Yep. And lastly, travel with another hitchhiker. This de- measure decreases the likelihood of harm by a factor of six. Huh? There is strength and safety in numbers. Mm-hmm. Take a buddy. Yep. That's good advice for just about anything. Mm-hmm. Always have a buddy. Yeah. Anyways. Are you guys ready for the hand of truth? All right. Yeah. So let's go to the hand of truth. Hand of truth. Woo. Okay. So uh, I picked out a hand of truth today that actually has to do with the Checkers Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Specifically Douglas Adams, the mm. author. Ooh. Adams was noted as saying, I put off writing until the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) But he was a notorious procrastinator. He famously said once, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing sound as they go by. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yep. That is attributed to Douglas Adams. Uh, The very first novel actually ended abruptly because the publisher got so sick of waiting for him to finish it that they told him to just finish the page he was on and then they just came and picked it up. (laughs) (laughs) it just has like a really like abrupt ending Uh, and then there's a couple occasions where they actually had to lock him in a hotel room with his publisher (laughs) to force him to finish his novels uh the writing feels (laughs) yeah and then for the very last book in the series well the one that was meant to be the very last book the salmon of doubt (laughs) he took over 10 years writing that book but when he died the world discovered that he hadn't even produced a finished draft yeah Uh. (laughs) he hadn't even gotten that far in 10 years (laughs) no (laughs) that's about Uh. that's about how i write books yeah (laughs) hey procrastinate now don't put it off till later exactly Oh, that tickled me so I literally I was reading that in the car when you pulled up, Ty, and I just I was like laughing my ass off. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, oh, this is so Douglas Adams. (laughs) He's such an odd character. He makes me laugh. But he he is such like you gotta watch some old interviews of Douglas Adams because he is amazing. I had to do that. I know he wrote a little bit and starred in a couple things for um Money Python. Yeah. Which but is cool. But. He is he is a fantastic human being. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll have to look him up. I wonder if it was in the episode. I have them all. I have a box set. Yeah. For Flying Circus or uh-huh. Flying Circus. Yeah. He's in I think he's in like one or two episodes of the Flying Circus and then he wrote a couple of it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember which episodes of the Flying Circus and what skits he was in. He played a doctor in one of them, but I can't remember which one it was. There's so much Flying Circus though. Oh god. <laughs> And a lot of it is just like, what the hell am I watching? Actually, like, I quoted that in one of the episodes recently. 
the oh, yeah? um the rowboat with the cannibals. Uh yeah, cannibals on a boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was in reference to an actual thing that happened. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it, it was it's been referenced in three different like there's the actual his, thing that happened. Mm-hmm. There was the thing that predates it was Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, his story. Yeah, yeah. And then Monty Python did a skin of it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, where they they killed the guy and ate him. Drew straws. Yeah. and uh they were rescued the next day yeah that's that's one of my that's one of my favorite creepy facts about poe yeah oh yeah like, yeah. like same exact name for the cabin everything. everything yeah yeah, yeah it's crazy i was like all right dude where'd you sell your soul to get your prophetic ability <laughs> seriously though after our hand of truth we're gonna turn it now over to cam for what he's brought for you guys today and for us so we are going to sit here quietly and listen. No, we're not going to sit quietly. <laughs> like, cough, cough, cough. Like, no. we'll be quiet for more cough, than five cough, seconds. Cough, cough. Maybe. Maybe. Five seconds might be pushing it. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody has heard of the Orange Sock murders. Oh, yeah. I haven't, actually. No? This is crazy. Um, I haven't looked into it thoroughly, so I'm excited for this. This happened back in 1982 in the Breckenridge Summit County area of Colorado. Oh, God. That's close to home. Yeah, uh, I picked Breckenridge because my parents lived there when I was born until I was about three. So it's my OG hometown. Wow. OG represent. Represent the Breck. Breckenridge. <laughs> Breck life, baby. I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah. What? Oh, okay. Sorry. This is totally off topic, but that reminded me and I need to share this right quick. Yesterday when I was at King Supers in Boulder, there's like these this group of college guys that were walking past me and i just happened to overhear them they're like bro bro do you want to eat some bok choy bro (laughs) (laughs) i was just like what (laughs) oh so good oh my god okay yeah um yeah we we totally didn't hold the five second thing no not at all anyway (laughs) okay so 1982 breaker ridge summit county area of colorado it, at that time, it was a really safe community for hitchhikers. And Sounds right. Like they actually had, you know, their community. Until Ted Bundy came. No. <laughs> uh, well, no, it, it actually makes sense because Breckenridge is one of the places to get over the continental divide. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's right on there. So it it's one of those places people pass through to get to California and Washington mm-hmm. and Oregon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On January 6th, 1982, 29-year-old Bobby Joe Oberholzer called her Oberholzer? Oberholzer. Called her husband Jeff and told him that she would be out with friends and would catch a ride home. But she never made it home. Uh-oh. Dum dum dum. So the next day Jeff went out and was looking for her. And this source I, I was writing this one from said that he found her. An official report I found said that a cross-country skier found her. Okay. But she was found the next day, face down in a in a remote field. Can I just say that it's like, it almost makes me never want to take up like skiing, snowboarding or like jogging, running. Yeah. Like jogging or like going on long walks in the wilderness because inevitably that's who you hear about in every story that are the ones that found the body. And like, I just don't need that. There's been times where I've been walking and I'll see like a rolled up rug in like a really weird spot. And I'm that was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. Nope, no, nope. don't need none of that. <laughs> and people, <laughs> people wonder how you can get away with so much shit. It is that mentality right there. Yeah. I know, really bad. And I, I fully admit, to be fair, I do kind of like peek into the middle roll part to be like, do I see anything sticking? Nope, can't. Okay, let's go. <laughs> it's either in 
tiny pieces are not there. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be the one that finds the tiny pieces. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So basically, she's, she was found in a remote field. She had been shot to death. And curiously, an orange sock that didn't belong to her was found near her body. Six months later, the body of 21-year-old Annette K. Schnee was discovered in a wooded area 13 miles from where Bobby Joe was found. She had been sexually assaulted and shot to death. On one of her feet was the matching sock found near Bobby Joe. Okay, she came after? Yeah, six months later. They've discovered her body. Oh, okay. So when you get deeper into it, the police are pretty sure she was the first one to be killed. Okay. Um, And I'll kind of get into that. All right. Police believe they were murdered at different times of the same night, Annette likely lost her sock in a struggle, and it fell out of the vehicle when Bobby Joe's body was being dumped. Ah, uh, okay. That makes more sense now. So, Jeff Oberholzer's card was found in Annette's wallet, making him the first primary suspect. It turned out that Jeff had picked Annette up and given her a ride months or weeks previously, and just so happened to have given her his card. Okay, so... The hitchhiking community. In the victim area. of circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like kind of awful though. Like, you know, months later you start getting questioned by police and you were like, I swear to God, I just gave her my business card. <laughs> well, he was cleared. He had a, a really solid alibi with mm-hmm. more than several witnesses. Mm-hmm. So he got dropped as the suspect pretty quickly. Both women were around 5'3, 100 pounds, long blonde hair. Mm. Type. Uh, Very specific type. Both died of gunshot wounds to the chest, uh, 38 caliber. Both women were fully clothed when, when they were found. They say that Annette looked like she had been redressed. Yeah. When they found her, because her, her clothes were very disheveled, mm-hmm. despite being frozen for six months in Colorado high country. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know the Colorado high country, let's just say in the middle of August, it's 40. On my dad's 40th birthday party, they chilled beer in my kiddie pool. Yeah. Because there was ice. Yeah. So uh, the high country is in Colorado is cold all the time. And the high gets to be about 40 up on some of those areas. Like that's the high for the year. So they were both clothed when they were found. A glove belonging to Bobby was found near her body covered in someone else's blood. So like a third person? Like Yeah, like a third person's blood. Oh. The type was the same as Bobby's, but the DNA was that of a man's. Oh. Curious uh, and curious. Sir. Yeah. Hmm. Tom was... What was that? That was, me, that was me trying to say Thomas and Edward at the same time. <laughs> Thomas, <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. I was writing... Uh, <laughs> I, that's like one of my fears is because I start to write quicker the longer I'm taking notes. Yeah. And then I'm like, man, I hope I can read this later. <laughs> Thomas Edward Hunter became the next suspect. He had boasted while in prison that he killed the women, but they couldn't build up enough evidence against him to bring forward, you know, any real charges. Formal charges. Uh, yeah. The DNA in the, on the glove didn't match his, so he got dropped. Another suspect, Tracy Petroselli, stayed at the hotel where Annette worked. While on a cross-country crime spree, the same, and he was there that you know the same night that right. she was killed. He would recruit men to help him commit crimes and then kill them okay. and dump their bodies. He, they know this because he's well, He was arrested in Nevada for murder and had the identifications of three men on him, and those <laughs> men had you know recently disappeared, Bad, yeah. gone missing. So Eesh. he and an accomplice test drove a car. And in Colorado, and during the drive, the accomplice shot the salesman, but didn't kill him. So the salesman lived to ID the man after he had been arrested. Okay. The blood on the glove is actually believed to be that of the 
accomplice. Oh. But they don't know for where sure. He went because the guy likes to get rid of the evidence. Revolution rings. Oh, God. That's a good point. The guy's probably dead somewhere. Yeah. A photo of an unknown man was found in, in a backpack belonging to Annette, but found near Bobby Joe's body. They don't know who the man is. Nobody's come forward to you know, say, hey, that's me. I know these people. Hmm. The local sheriff believes that the killer was actually a local because of the rural road where Annette's body was found. Yeah. Okay. And again, if for you who don't understand the geography up in the high country in Colorado, local roads are basically just a space in between pine trees. With a little bit of more flattened earth. Yeah. Like most of those back roads, like if you don't know they're there, you will drive right by them and not even notice, mm-hmm. especially at night. Like these, these roads, like it, you just, oh man. I can't like I can't even describe it. Um, trying to think of a good reference, like a good movie that shows it. Um, there isn't many. Okay, actually, The Shining on the opening credits, driving up to the Stanley Hotel. Okay, there are four roads that come off of that highway. You do not see them hmm. in a full panoramic, high definition shot in a film shot. You cannot see those roads. There are four roads off of that highway. I need to rewatch that movie and see if I can spot them. If you're if you know what to look for, you'll see them. But I realized only as I was replaying it in my head, I'm like, one, two, three, four. Yep. There yeah. are four country roads that come off of that. And that that is an example. And knowing our audience and those who are drawn to our podcast, you'll probably have seen The Shining at some point in your life. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So it remains a cold case. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just a, it's been one of the more bizarre cases. And it's part of the reason why Hitchhike died out severely declined in that area. However, when my dad lived there, he he actually did pick up hitchhikers all the time that were usually going from Breckenridge to Vail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Across the Hoosier Pass. And my dad actually get, left me with an anecdote from a hitchhiker he picked up. He, the hitchhiker, was in a liquor store <laughs> waiting in line, I guess, when a guy came in to rob it with a muzzle loader. When the hitchhiker laughed, the guy turned around and shot him with the muzzle loader. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self don't laugh at the guy with the gun. <laughs> Good advice. Consider- that's sound advice, yeah. Considering that muzzle loaders are usually in calibers like 50, 60. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I, but it's funny because dad will tell you this story. And when you when he tells you that the guy comes in with a muzzle loader, or the first time he told me it was a black powder rifle. Yeah. But it was probably just more like a, a hunting muzzle loader. You chuckle. He, was, he said it was just like that. The guy chuckled and he turned around and blasted him. <laughs> Yeah, but he spent his shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, then it's just a, a nice, long, heavy club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Still heavy and metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so basically, again, with all of our apparent true crime stuff, if you guys uh, know anything or you want to look at the photo and see if it looks like one of your family members <laughs> and, uh, or you have any information reach out to the Breckenridge Police Department and their cold case files. Yeah. yeah As a matter of fact, at the end of the article, it said, if you if you have anything about this, call the Colorado Crime Stoppers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, Colorado Crime Stoppers is a part of a news channel. If you really actually want to help and you do know something, that would definitely be the Breckenridge yeah, the Police Summit Department. Summit County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, Summit County. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that, like, they had so much evidence that just like was really disjointed. It seemed like it was kind of all over the place. Well, like, okay, well, points kind of this way, but also points kind of this way. Okay, but, here, but also points kind of this way. Here's the thing, though. Like, maybe this is a good time for 23andMe. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They're doing a lot of DNA like testing right now. 
mm-hmm. um, to try to figure out a bunch of cold cases. I've I've heard a lot of people finding like long lost families and that kind of thing, or that like they were switched at birth. Yeah, or you know they mm-hmm. discovered long lost brothers, sisters, that kind of thing. Yeah, Crazy. because of services like that. There was a lot of other like weird things that they brought up in like the case file that I didn't really seem to see as pertinent information, but like there was a lot of like really strange things around it. Like while she was missing one sock, there was another sock on her foot. Like she was, you know, the orange right. sock was found near Bobby Joe's body, but she had a long striped sock on the other foot. Other foot instead of her orange one that was missing. Yeah. The glove that they found was found on the other side of a fence. I mean, it could have been blown there by the wind, but it was, yeah, it was found on the other side of the fence and the backpack that they found was found like, like a tenth of a mile away. Wow. Yeah. Like somebody just threw it out the window when they realized it was in there? Yeah, I guess, I think, I guess so. It, it was it was found near enough to her body that they called it near her body, but far enough away that... It could have been anything up there. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been a backpacker who just said, fuck it. Yeah, but, you know, they open it up and it's got, you know, Annette's stuff in it. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's, that's weird. weird. Um, <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> I have there, so many questions! There are, you know, closed circuit, you know, CCTV footage of Annette talking to a person that nobody recognizes at the hotel that she worked at uh-huh. uh, like four hours before she disappeared. But other than that, everything seemed perfectly normal. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It's weird. Yeah, like just like lots of random evidence that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I can understand why they were a uh, little, little stumped up at Summit County. Yeah, uh, considering how small it is. As a matter of fact, my dad met Jeff, the husband, like last name. It's a weird last name. Uh, Almond, like Alchem, Alchem, Oberholzer, Oberholzer. He claims to have met Jeff Oberholzer because my dad was a physician and spent a lot of his time in bars. So oh, yeah, he would meet you know Lots basically all the locals. Yeah, well, and that's a, and there those are small communities for all the tourism that goes through there. There, the actual locals are pretty small and tight knit. Yeah, especially back then when they had an off season. Yeah, and it was only locals. Yeah. Ooh. Nowadays, get tourists year round. Year round, you, you get the down. you get the summer backpackers and hikers, and then you get the winter skiers coming through there. And it's a lot larger than it was. True. Yeah. No. All of our all of our ever since legalization, everything has exploded. Yep. And it's just like people. Other states have legalized. Go there instead. For the love of God, go there instead. They're going there too. <laughs> Make it legal in your state so you don't have to move. <laughs> Better idea. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> we're we're uh, uh we have uh, no vacancy, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so many people though. But, uh, All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that we've uh, lightened up the mood from a from a. I'm the first. This is like the first time I'm not going to be the one bringing the mood down. Right. Because I didn't do a true crime. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That. Okay. Your title was usurped by Cam for the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, are we ready for the true crime headline? Yes, true crime headline. Okay, this is probably one of my favorite true crime headlines. So I'm excited about this. Yeah, we're bringing out all the big guns for you guys on our our season ender. <laughs> oh, she had a look on her face that I I can't describe, guys. It is it, it, it's a uh, it was mischievous. Uh, it's so good. Brace yourself. Brace. It's another, it's another animal one. I'm continuing with the theme for this last episode of the season. All right, so I found this in the New York Post. There was also several other articles but this particular one was written by rob bailey milado i believe is how you say his name and it reads kangaroo with bad attitude 
beats up elderly woman, terrorizes town. In New York? Nope, not in New York. It was in Australia. It was just, yes, it's in Australia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just in the New York Post. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it sounds like somehow a kangaroo got loose in New York. No, I'm this like, is in Australia. Okay, this is in Crocodile Dundee, guys. Come on. <laughs> but um, this was very recent. December 13th, uh, 2019 is when it was written. Oh, wow. Um, wow. That, yeah. That's just three months ago. Yeah, it was not very long ago. But it's in the rural village of Leyburn in Queensland, Australia. It was a six foot tall red male kangaroo yeah they're terrifying they yes. are everything in australia is trying to kill you except that one cuddly giant spider because it can't wants it, it wants face. to kill you it just can't yeah <laughs> well this is a very aggro ass kangaroo actually um, that that's it, most kangaroos yeah it attacked three people wow <laughs> It attacked an elderly woman of 72 years old while she was walking her dog one morning. Hmm. The article, and I quote, said, the victim of a sneak attack. Oh, oh <laughs> kangaroo got a sucker punch in. She, I guess the kangaroo came up behind her and mm -hmm. just like literally just like. Yeet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like beat the crap out of this poor 72 year old woman. Wow. She was like screaming bloody murder and a neighbor nearby like hurt her and came out and like found her. But I think at that point, the kangaroo had already left. The kangaroo also attacked a pub owner's wife who got away unscathed because a, a patron of the pub drove the kangaroo back with a bar stool and they had to like lock themselves in the bar until it left. Wow. Yeah. And then he also tried to attack a New Zealand man that was in town for a wedding. But I guess the kangaroo like came up to him, put both front paws on his shoulders and was about to like jump up to kick him. Yeah. And one of the guy's friends happened to see it happening and like came out and like scared the kangaroo away. And then it also decided that it had a real big grudge against Mother Nature and just completely trashed a 30 year old garden. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like completely went through and like decimated this garden that this poor woman had been tending for like three decades. No, yeah. no. I wonder if it was just eating it. They're grazing animals. Yeah, they are. I think she even said in the article that she's very forgiving about the whole situation no. because it hasn't been really raining or anything there. Mm. The kangaroos are kind of like getting closer and closer into looking towns for looking for water and for food. And so she wasn't really necessarily mad about it because she kind of like, you know, until it rains, this is bound to happen kind of thing. Yeah. But, and with all the fires. Uh huh. Well, this was before the fires, but. But not. Before yeah. the drought, actually, I've, uh, I have heard recently that rain has come kind of miraculously. Yeah, yeah. it started it's to perfect. rain and put out some of the fires. Actually, it was really, really awesome. Um, so yeah. this is going along with your kangaroo story. I had a army buddy that he was at work one day. He was driving a Welch's juice truck making deliveries. Okay, and on the side of the road, he sees a brown animal, obviously dead, been run over by a car. He pulls over, thinking it's a deer. He's going to call the game warden. Gets out of the truck and it's a kangaroo in Louisiana. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually, I actually remember hearing about this before he actually told the story on the news. Local man finds kangaroo. That's so weird. It, yeah, it had escaped <sighs> from the local zoo and wandered into traffic. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> More sense, but wow. Although I, I do want to point out, like kangaroo are vicious. They are. They, they, they can be. Yeah. They're strong. And too. Yeah, no, they are. They, Captain Kangaroo is not a real life example. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, it's just like because uh, there's this video that went viral of the guy saving his dog from a kangaroo and just walking up and punching, punching the it. hell out of it. And like some people were all mad. I was like, "How could you do that to a kangaroo?" Like, no, that's what you have to do. Yeah, because yeah. the, otherwise they'll get the punch in first. Yeah. And they actually have claws that are on their feet that are vicious, and they use that to eviscerate their opponents in mm-hmm. territorial stuff. Super territorial too. And they're uh, they're herd animals like deer. Yep. So there's always like an alpha male. Yeah, this one was an alpha male. That's yeah. why it was so aggro. So <laughs> it was probably like rut season too. So yeah, yeah, probably. So you get like the oh yeah, it's in the high. De- that's the height of summer. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's pure rut. Yeah. So Ooh. crazy though. I was like, I literally read that and went, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. No, that that is a what did I just read kind of headline. <laughs> it was so good though. I'm sure that's one of those that's a little more common down in Australia, whereas like here in Colorado, we get black bear and elk. Oh, terrorizing towns yeah. and moose. And moose, yeah. No, and and I'm sorry. Um, for those of you tourists going to like any high country anywhere, stay the. Fuck away from the wildlife. Moose are vicious, vicious animals. They're also 10 feet tall and weigh well over a ton. Vicious animals and terrifying. Do not take a selfie with them. They are mean. Mm-hmm. And they have no natural predators anymore since the grizzly was hunted out. Yeah. They are top dog. They know it. Mm-hmm. And they will hurt you. This has been a PSA. <laughs> Travel safely. <laughs> I feel like there's so many like tips and tricks happening in this episode. (laughs) On another tangent, I like the fact that one of the predators of moose is the orca. Yeah, the orca. (laughs) Because moose are known to die for seaweed. (laughs) (laughs) And the whales will eat them. (laughs) But the whales! Oh my god. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm freaking happy every time I remember that. It's so good. Could you imagine being a diver like up in Alaska? Just see. Like a moose. They're like, what is that? A moose goes swimming by. And then a killer whale. I saw a comic of just like that exact scene where there's like a a diver and then you see it and he sees something in the distance and he's trying to make it out. And then like a moose like comes. It's a freaking moose. And then a whale just like. Goes by, just like scoops it up and goes, and you just see the poor scuba diver there, like, what happened? <laughs> what did I just witness? So hilarious! Oh well, my god! Yeah, they're pretty buoyant. <laughs> yeah, they can float. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Uh, All right. Anyway, so, so I um, guess we should get into my story. Yeah, let, let's let's get this this one moving. Okay. All right. So I went straight paranormal this time, guys. All right. so yeah. I didn't actually like go. Into the true crime. Yeah, get area. on get on your tinfoil hats, guys. We're, we're going into the so much tinfoil on this one. This one actually. Ooh, the way I like it. All right, so this is about the redheaded hitchhiker of Route Forty Four. Oh, yes, and I find I like it already. I find this guy fucking hilarious. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. This is in New England, by the way. Okay. Um, U.S. Route Forty Four and Rehoboth, I think is how you say it. Rehoboth. Massachusetts, near, Probably. near the Seekonk-Rehoboth line is kind of where this stretch of road is. Okay. But people report to see a man who is well-built, around 45 to 55 years old. He has red hair, usually has a beard. He's wearing a red flannel shirt and either jeans or brown work pants and work boots. You know, pretty nondescript guy. <laughs> 
All right. Um, he's sometimes well kept, and then others report that he's disheveled with unruly beard and hair, dirty pants, and an untucked shirt. Hmm. I don't know why, like, untucked shirt in specific means that he's unruly, but I'm, whatever. I'm picturing the brawny man with a beard. It's and red hair. redhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually picturing uh, American Gods. I mean, that's what I was thinking the whole freaking time I've been, I was reading this, and it, it'll get funnier if you. Keep that visual in mind from American God. Oh, great. Here <laughs> keep, we go. Keep it in. All right. To continue, most times people report that he's solid like a regular person, but there have been some reports that he is transparent throughout the whole encounter. Okay. There have been all manner of his eyes described. Some people say that they are normal, but they don't feel right. Other people say that they are black and empty. Some people say they're glowing and lifeless, and then other people have said that they're yellow, red, green. Like, there's just, like, all manner of reports on. Why don't you ever have cryptids with, like, purple? Purple eyes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be the witches hmm? from the witches, the movie, where they turn them, the, turning the kids I, into rats. No, I haven't seen it. They, the One of the dead giveaways for a witch is they have purple eyes. Yeah. Neat. Just throwing that out there. Okay. It's a yeah. it's an old uh, 80s movie. You should watch it. It's actually really fun. I, I probably have. I just probably don't remember it. Yeah. They get turned I into seen it. they get turned yeah. into mice. Because that part sounds familiar, but moving on. Okay, so what he ends up doing is someone will be driving along the road, usually alone. They'll see him on the side of the road and pick him up. Obviously, you know, as one does with a hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll get into the passenger side or the back seat, but he will remain completely silent the entire interaction. <laughs> Like he literally will just like get in the car, no matter what you ask him. He'll he literally will just stare at whatever person he has picked him up, just like okay. deadpan staring at him. So that's creepy enough as it is. And then somewhere along the line, he'll either disappear right in front of their face, or he'll just like disappear when they happen to look away for a second and they turn around, and he's gone. You know, uh, obviously pretty nondescript. That's what a lot of ghost hitchhikers do yeah but this is where it gets a little different is he'll disappear and then he'll start to laugh taunt or yell at them Mm. after he's disappeared that's new for the vanishing hitchhiker Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so he's just you know an angry redhead um (laughs) (laughs) some people have also reported driving through him no but when they get out of their car there's no like dent or damage or anything and they can't find a body so they're like i guess i'll leave (laughs) i didn't hit anything (laughs) he'll also like be on the roadside and then just like vanish into the woods or he'll like wave and then vanish just like hi and then bye as he leaves i don't know i was like what yeah <laughs> this like this part kind of reminded me you know that meme with homer like backing into the up woods. into the bushes <laughs> that's what it reminded yeah. me of. just like staring at them creepily as he backs into the woods <laughs> or just like waving as he backs into the woods oh man i just i would love it like if some of this stuff is like obviously a little more outlandish and it can't possibly be a real person, but I would love if it wasn't actually just a real person on the side of the road just being a fucking creep. Just somebody that lives in the woods. Off. It's yeah. just somebody. It's just like angry at all the people that are just like, I don't know, <laughs> that he just can be mean to. I don't know. They haven't really done anything except like try to pick him up and take him somewhere. Yeah. Or, you know, just whatever reason he has is just it's just a real, real guy. <laughs> yeah. Just like Steve. Name Steve. Yeah. Hey Steve. <laughs> hey Steve, what did you mess with some other people again? Yeah, I totally messed with them. Good job, Steve. 
There's also been reports of him appearing outside of their car window as they're driving at high speeds. <laughs> so just like floating there, like, hey, how's it going? How's oh, it going? Uh, What's Steve, up? Steve got a segue. <laughs> that visual was awesome. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. So good. He's just like on his little segue, just like hi. And this is an actual segue. Oh my god. Back into the story. Amazing. <laughs> um, and then sometimes he'll just like randomly appear in people's cars. Like it's, uh, there's a lot of reports too. Like if you had like three people in your car and there was like one seat empty. Or like four people in your car and there's one seat empty, he would appear in whatever seat was empty. Okay. And just be like, hi guys. And then just like disappear again. Just cause. Hey man, no free rides. <laughs> Overall, this guy just sounds like a delight. He's just like fucking living for scaring people at this point. <laughs> <sighs> uh, good job, Steve. Good job. <laughs> the earliest recorded occurrence of Steve <laughs> yes, he is now Steve. His name is Steve. The earliest recorded occurrence of Steve is in Charles Turek Robinson's 1994 book, New England Ghost Files. Uh-uh. And uh, in this, Robinson kind of details several like firsthand accounts that he got from locals mm-hmm. in the area, the creepiest of which. A couple broke down on the, the stretch of road that this happens on mm-hmm. around 10 p.m. The woman stayed with the car and the gentleman went to try to go for help. Right. You know, as one does. Really. Yes. You stay here. I'll go <laughs> see if I can find some help. <laughs> Why do they talk that way? This is New England. Ah, <laughs> uh, I was just doing the stereotypical tough guy. Okay. <laughs> That's um, how they sound in my head all the time. <laughs> I, I transpose when they're trying to be tough to the. No, I'm going to go. To, you, you look at my girlfriend. Yes, I know her. How's it going? <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> anyway, the man, as he was walking to try to get help, saw Steve on the side of the road and tried, <laughs> tried to talk to him, only for Steve to like start yelling at him and then like disappearing into the ether while laughing from all directions. Wow. Just because he could, really. I got to admit, I would too. <laughs> yeah, if I could do it, I probably would. Yeah. Right? So that would be a cool skill to have. Cheshire cat. Yeah, there you go. Just like full Cheshire cat moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that laugh. And then the woman, you know, obviously still back at the car, ended up hearing Steve's voice come over the radio, taunting her until she fled the car. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's just having a right laugh at that one. Okay. All the townsfolk in the area have like friend of friend stories about mm-hmm. this guy. You know, it's just like a, a huge thing there. And everyone has mixed feelings about it. I guess if you ask the local law enforcement, they're just like, fuck you. Uh-huh. Like, they're just like so fucking mad about it because people keep asking. And okay. like, at least like once a year, like, it, for some reason, it makes it back into the news. And then a bunch of people end up coming to visit and they don't yeah. like it. We're famous for other things than Steve. <laughs> Exactly. Right. We got other things to stay. I mean, this is our town. It could be worse. They could, you know, profit off of it, like all of the other cryptids in the country. Yeah, yeah that's true. Sasquatch. Well, I mean, some of the the townsfolk in the area definitely like embrace it. You know. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I guess this particular guy, which I got this. By the way, guys, there's like a, a ton of information about it. And I read through a lot of it, but there was a really, really succinct breakdown of all of this info. 
in the form of show notes, actually, from the podcast Spooky Southcast. Hmm. Hmm. I've never actually listened to Spooky Southcast, but um, this was an awesome breakdown, and I think I probably will give them a listen after reading through this whole thing. There's a hmm. lot more information. I didn't actually take the time to write it all down because I, I didn't want to just like verbatim take all of their information. And give them a listen to, you know, show some support for our community. Yes, yeah. um, definitely give them a listen. I, again, have not listened to them, but I'm assuming they're pretty good based on their show notes. So, hey, if, if their show is anything like their show notes. Yeah, they've been doing it for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, I think they've been on the radio and stuff quite a bit. Woo! Support your local artists. <laughs> this has been a PSA. <laughs> but you get tons of different stories and stuff like that from local people. I guess there was one woman that claims that she saw him on a totally different road and he didn't have red hair at all, but... He actually died on a road with the name Red in it. Like, just like totally different. I don't know. Y'all don't know about Steve. Here's what Steve's really like. <laughs> I know. Like, or this could have been like a completely different person that you saw. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, it's just like this Like, literally sounds nothing like what the other stories are. Some explanations of what could be going on in that stretch of road. There's not any reports that I could find, at least, of any such man dying in the area or living in that area that mm -hmm. looked like that. Off the bat, there wasn't really any empirical evidence of yeah, the um... history of this person. But Michael White wrote in his 1999 book, Weird Science, The Unexplained Explained by Science, that there is an explanation for things like this happening when you look into hypnagogic and mm -hmm hypnopomic hallucinations. Yes. And that can explain hitchhiker stories like this, where during long rides at night, especially in dark secluded areas, we tend to kind of fall asleep while, while being awake. It's also commonly known as road hypnosis. Yes, exactly. It's a form of hypnosis where the combination of the repetitive scenery, the lull of the motor, the constant yellow or white lines on the road mm -hmm. all cause a hypnotic state that kind of simulates the beginning or ending of a dream cycle. Yeah. So uh, and a lot of that actually ties into it. It's usually dotted lines because mm -hmm. they're painted at a Regular equal rate. equal equal distance. Mm -hmm. They are painted equal distance from each other. Yep. So there's a it. It's one of the basics of hypnotism. The rhythm, yeah. the rhythm puts you in translate state. Yep. Yes, exactly. Which causes you to dream while being awake. I've got a story about something like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go for it real quick. It was late at night in on a back road in Louisiana and ding I'm, ding ding ding. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> not too far from that, but uh, <laughs> we're actually very close to doing <laughs> I'm driving down the road. It's probably about midnight. And off on the side of the road, I see something come out of the underbrush. And my brain is just like is not registering what it is. It looks like a worm that's flowing out into the, the street. And then it like sees the truck and like its head just like moves through its body and it like starts going the other direction. And like, I'm, I'm just like so off put by that. Trying to like figure out what it is. Like, like I literally gasp out loud. Like I'm by myself. I, you know, I've never seen this before. And about five miles go by and I see another one. It was a weasel. Oh. I'd never seen one before. Oh. And no, Your it's, brain like <clears throat> didn't have a point of reference. Yeah. I was tired. Yeah. I was coming home from drill. I was, you know, it was late at night and yeah, it just blew me away. It was, it was the weirdest thing. So. <laughs> it's so strange when that happens where like for some reason your brain is just not registering something, even though it has like a completely normal explanation, but you're just like, what the 
fuck am I looking at? Yeah. (laughs) Super weird. (laughs) Like that. I don't have that luxury. (laughs) Your brain processes things very differently than most people, though. Yes, but I also have to make sure if it's really there or in my head. Yeah, So I don't get that luxury. I have to identify. Figure out what it is. That makes sense, yeah. So during this kind of pseudo dream state, people can like interact with whatever they think that they are seeing and Mm -hmm. they also get physical sensations so it feels pretty real to them there's also another guy alan alves or alves i'm not sure how to say his last name well in the show notes that i was reading it didn't really like specify exactly who this person is but i did google the name and the only one that kind of made sense was there was a, a guy that was like a board certified hypnotist mm-hmm. so i'm pretty sure that's who they were referring to but I'm, I'm unsure so don't quote me on that but he talks about the active mind and the creative mind oh yes okay yeah the active mind and creative mind it's one of the underlying theories and principles behind hypnotism and how it works mm-hmm. so obviously the active mind is like while you're awake and your mind is active and you're thinking and you know all that jazz the creative mind is your subconscious where memories are stored so when you're traveling through places that you've traveled through a lot like several times before you kind of go on autopilot yeah and obviously a lot of these stories are from locals so it's people that drive through that area like a lot over time so bulk of the sightings might be attributed to this basically our imagination kind of takes over and this is why sometimes we don't remember a trip after we've taken it yeah so like if we're on a regular route home and then we get home when you don't really remember anything about the trip at all because you were so on autopilot that you just kind of did things Yeah, I've done, I used to do that all the time when I had to drive to Thornton every day for work. I got to the point I was so on automatic that I did not remember driving at all. It was really bad. <laughs> very unsafe. Mm. I don't have that luxury. <laughs> Again, your brain is very different. <laughs> You're like, I remember everything and I'm aware at all times. <laughs> it is time. not a good thing. Yeah, that's fair. Basically, because of this, we can kind of create very real monsters. But Alvis also does not completely rule out that this state might also mean that we're just a lot more open to paranormal Mm -hmm. stuff. (laughs) So that might be it as well. But yeah, those are some of like the, the theories as to why people are seeing this. It's either, you know, A, it's a real thing. People are actually seeing this. One thing that was pointed out is that a lot of the people that were having these experiences didn't necessarily hear about it beforehand from other people. Yeah. And all of the stories were, for the most part, pretty consistent, aside from like small details. Or crazy lady who probably saw his, yeah, his like, brother, Bob. <laughs> so that wasn't Steve at all. That was my brother, Bob. Um, <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of like the basic breakdown of that little stretch of road in New England with the angry, but also laughing and taunting redhead named Steve. (laughs) He's a leprechaun! Oh, (laughs) I I was holding on to that one for a while. Early leprechaun, but I get it. Have you seen American Gods? No. That's why. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, essentially, that's the exact person I pictured (laughs) when I read through this. Yes. It's 100% from American Gods. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Super interesting case. I do have like another little like bonus little story. Bonus. Bonus. Um, So I found a couple different articles about this. It was all over the news for a little bit, but the specific one that I read was from the sun. But it was called uh, Gone in a Puff of Smoke by Guy Birchall. So there's this dude 
Pedro. Um, <laughs> Pedro. Yeah, Pedro Pierone. I think is how you say his last name. But he's from San Jose de la es Esquina in Argentina. So in, in Argentina. And this was on February 26, 2018. So it was a little while ago. He was driving along, saw a young man on the side of the road. So he stopped and offered him a ride, which okay. is not uncommon in that area. He used to see hitchhikers all the time. Mm-hmm. It's different around the world. <laughs> exactly. As we learned earlier. Indeed. <laughs> also, that last story with the redheaded guy, he broke so many hitchhiker laws. Yes, he did. He traveled alone. <laughs> Don't travel alone. <laughs> Always yep. have a buddy. Buddy system. But Do anyway. you know where your buddy is? <laughs> Grab them close. This has been a PSA. He offered him a ride, picked this kid up. The kid was a little shy, but for the most part, you know, very normal. Just, you know, kid traveling along. He was trying to make small talk with him, but he really wasn't like talking much. He did find out that he was from Arteaga, which I guess is a a nearby town and Hmm. that the kid was about 17 years old. Okay. That's kind of all he was able to find out. The kid asked him to drop him off at the junction with the road leading to the cemetery. So he was like, yeah, just drop me off right up here kind okay. of thing. He started to pull over and then started to smell like something was burning. So Pedro, obviously thinking that something caught fire on the truck, mm-hmm. when he pulled over, he got out of the truck real quick to check the back to make sure that there was nothing going wrong. Mm. Um, when he gets back there, he doesn't see anything. And he looks back into the cab and there's no one there. And so he's like, okay, what? <laughs> So he like goes over to the passenger side to investigate and he's like looking at this MDC and he notices that the rubber mat on the floor of the passenger side seat, there's two melted in footprints. That was a demon. (laughs) That's what I thought too. I was just like, demon. (laughs) He obviously is like, okay, well maybe the kid like got out of the car before I saw him. He like walked away really fast or something. I just didn't see him even though it was really hard for something that to happen in that yeah. area. But he's like looking around he doesn't see any tracks leading away nothing. And it just so happens that a couple of friends that he knew were driving by and they saw his car. And so they pulled over to see what was going on and they ended up trying to help him find the kid mm-hmm. and they couldn't find him anywhere. Like he just... Find your buddies. <laughs> yeah. He just like straight up disappeared. Obviously a little spooked. Pedro called the police department and reported it. Was like, hey, this crazy thing just happened to me. And I guess after he reported it, word kind of got around. Mm-hmm. And the TV stations and radio stations started calling poor Pedro to try to get an interview with him. And he kind of went through and said that he's a devout Catholic and he's not really one to believe in anything paranormal. But and this is kind of the quote that he says, I'm a little stressed and nervous. I'm not afraid, but I cannot explain what happened. So super strange little story of, and like there's video and stuff of him talking about this and he's talking in Spanish, obviously. Right. He's from Argentina. But he's like holding up the mat from his car. And it's like, you literally can see two boot prints just like seared into the rubber. There be demons. <laughs> it was a demon. Yep. Super fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that, that's weird. He, he looks like just perplexed and he's like holding it and he's like talking about it. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened. Because <laughs> like, it was very strange. But... <laughs> yeah. I, I can see that. <laughs> yep. That's my short little side story. All right. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Any huh. questions? Comment? No. Anyone? No. Anyone? Bueller? It's all Steve's fault. 
<laughs> it's Steve, Steve. It. it was probably just Steve like vacationing in Argentina. There you go. <laughs> There's our rationale. Let's bring it back down, shall we? It's always Steve. Yeah, it's Steve's fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, no. Yeah, this has been a been a fun episode. Right? I was excited about this topic. I was yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we have. Though. I think I think that is all we have. Did you want to add anything, Cam? I no, Nothing? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone? No, I think I think that's it. All right. Well, I guess Indeed. that concludes our episode twenty and our final episode of our season one. Yeah. So at that note, if you guys want to get get anything more from us, get all of our information, our social media stuff, we're always there at theotterlimits.com. Mm-hmm. And you can. Hit us up on any social media at The Otter Limits. Mm-hmm. We made it pretty easy and, you know, you can find us at any platform on mm-hmm. that. So that's kind of cool. If you have any cool stories, hitchhiker or otherwise, true crime or paranormal, paranormal related, you can message us at the Otter Limits at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we would love to hear from you guys. Even though we aren't going to be doing any more episodes for a little bit, we still would love to hear from you guys. We're still going to be active. So don't worry about that. Yes. Just check on social media, like Twitter, Instagram, all Mm -hmm, that. And mm -hmm. we'll announce when we're going to be putting out some new episodes. We're probably going to like take a little bit of a break and then try to store up on a couple episodes before we release some more. So Mm -hmm. that way you guys have some consistent content. Yeah, we're going to try and next season be real good for you guys because hopefully we've worked out a lot of our bugs in our system. I know. Uh, Our audio is (laughs) like way better than it was when we started. Yeah, and getting better every episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're working on it. We're getting there. We're learning. We're learning. It's, it's a learning experience. Yeah. yeah, learning experience. Great. Right. Right. So awesome. Yes. <laughs> on that note, I guess so long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> You've been holding on to that one. <laughs> I have. We'll catch you later, you little monsters. We'll see you on the otter side. This has been a transmission from the Order Limits. Do not forget to like, comment, subscribe, or review for more tales of Four. You're turning into a penguin. Stop it.